Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Do you know that in the book of Acts chapter 3, the early church, the church was born. Uh, and this lame guy got healed who was laid at a gate called Beautiful his whole life. And he, and he never got healed until that day when uh, Peter, James, and John, all, all the disciples were going up to the temple. And uh, he looked at them expecting to get something from them and said, we don't have any silver or gold on us, but what we do have, we give to you in the name of Jesus, rise up and be healed. And took him by the right hand and lifted him up and he was healed on that day. And the religious people got really upset and they're still getting upset today. And they said to them, do not speak that name anymore. And they took them to task on it, locked them up and did everything to them. There's something about that name. We've been singing about that name. Uh, you'll never hear anybody curse Buddha, Muhammad, or any other name. They always pick that name, Jesus, and they use Christ as well. <laughs> There's something about that name. The devil knows it. The question is, do you know it? Because there's no other name given among men in heaven or on earth whereby a person must be saved. It's that name above every other name. And uh, we're going to be talking about that name at the 5 o'clock service tonight as we uh, enter into our equip series. We've been, uh, we started last week. I'm so excited because most people don't know the authority that they've been given with that name of Jesus. It's not, not just an ordinary name. There's something about that when you know what that name represents. So why don't you turn to somebody? I know you can't shake hands. You're not supposed to today. So just, just turn and say hi to somebody. Uh, God bless everybody as they take their seat. And uh, thank you, amazing worship team. As usual, you guys brought the house down. Good to see all of you smiley faces. You guys are just amazing. It's so good to be back here at church. So good to be live. Welcome everybody as well. If you're listening from living rooms all over the place, just want to say a big welcome. I'm, I'm excited that you could join us here today as well. We're in a series that we've called All Things New. And I don't mean almost all things new. I mean all things New. Isn't it good to turn over a new leaf, have a new season? I, I think of all the times where we use that word new, where it just comes in really handy, doesn't it? It expresses something exciting, some, somewhat of anticipation that uh, God's going to do something new. The big thing is, do you believe it? And I'm here kind of like a, a coach, if you will. I'm like your cheerleader. I'm here in your corner, you know, you're in the middle of a prize fight. You don't want to get out, fight another round of, you know, whatever's going on. I'm here to say, get up, because God wants to do a new thing in your life. The question is, will you let him do that new thing? And I hope that today that you would say a big resounding, yes, God, do something new in me so that I can do things new around me. And if that's you and you're a candidate for that, I want you to give a big shout out right now. I want, in fact, I want you to say, yeah, say this after me, all things, things. new. All right, amen. I think you believe it. Well, I've entitled this morning's message, The Chosen. The Chosen. 
I don't know if you've ever been chosen for something that was maybe an honor, like, for instance, uh, chosen to be best man or, or, or bridesmaid at a wedding or chosen to give a prayer uh, over an important ceremony. I've got to pray with our, our local government here, the city council before, and it's such an honor to be able to pray with a group of people like that. I don't know if you've ever been chosen to get married with somebody. My wife chose me about out of all the eligible bachelors in the world. She could have chose any one of them, but her eyes went around. She saw me, and she went, I choose you, you know, and I did the same thing there. I went and looked at her, and I thought, you know, out of all the women in this world that I could have picked that probably would have said no, you said yes, and so I'm very excited about that. Yes, everybody, let's, you were, you're all invited to my wedding, but you missed it, so there you go. Uh, but this morning, I just want to talk about from the uh, perspective of uh, all things new, from the perspective of chosen this morning, that you are chosen. You say ch chosen to do what? We're going to take a journey this morning from uh, chosen to bless or be blessed, if you will, to bear fruit, to chosen to be a blessing, to be fruitful. Uh, I was chosen once, it's been a few years now, but I was chosen to be the key speaker at the largest Pentecostal uh, uh, movement in Russia. In fact, it was the second largest Christian denomination or organization in Russia. And I, it was at the Tsar's, former Tsar's Palace, and I took uh, someone from our church, went with me, and uh, it, was, it was amazing. You know, the, the opulence there, they had uh, huge choirs, and they had lots of other speakers, and, and I was just pinching myself, and I was thinking, what an honor it is. Like, how did I end up being, you know, the key speaker at this conference here in Russia? The place was packed out with uh, pastors from all over Russia. Many of them had their doctorate degrees. I don't. Uh, and, and I thought to myself, what an honor. But I also thought this, and it really, the gravity of it hit me. It's also a big responsibility. It was a huge responsibility to be chosen for that. And, and the gravity of it hit me as I looked out and I saw all these pastors and ministers from all over Russia and the former, former Soviet Union uh, that had been persecuted for their faith. Some of them had gone to prison. Some of them had lost, lost loved ones. Uh, and, and they're listening to me. I've never been persecuted like that because of my faith. I've had people call me names. I've had people ridicule me, cut me off from friendships, that kind of thing. But I've never been thrown in prison for what I believe these people had. There's something about chosen that brings a, a great responsibility. When you're chosen to do something, yes, it's an honor, but it's also a huge responsibility. And so we'll, I want to talk about that this morning. I felt the tremendous honor of that, but I think about the responsibility of being a head of state. I think about the responsibility that it must be to be a prime minister of a country or president or even the queen. But then I also think about what God's called each one of us and you, if you've uh, given your heart to Jesus, he says you are an ambassador from, uh, of Christ. You are the highest ranking diplomat from one country to another, from one kingdom to another, from the kingdom of heaven to the kingdom of earth. And there's something about being chosen and the responsibility of that that causes you to stop and, and acknowledge my life is no longer my own. 
I don't belong to me. The blessings and the fruit that God gives me as a result of being chosen are not for me. I don't pick the fruit off my own tree and start eating it. That would be weird. And, and there's something about being chosen to be an ambassador to represent Christ that brings the gravity uh, of being chosen into my life, the perspective of it. And, and it's this, that he is the Lord of Lords. He is the creator of everything, including me. I'm only here because God had an idea. I wanted Ed. So Ed became uh, Ed in this earth, and you became you in this earth, and you would not even exist had it not come out of the mind and the heart of God. He is the King of kings, Lord of lords. He is everything, and he chose you. Now, how much responsibility do you have for that? You cannot live your life as if it was all about you and the whole universe centered around you. And so I think that uh, this morning I want us to look at that and how to use uh, the fact that we're being chosen in our position and how we can aim that out into a world that needs what you've got. I think about Moses. Moses was chosen. That's so exciting. Moses, you're chosen. You had a, a burning bush experience. But now what's your responsibility, Moses? Your responsibility is to deliver a whole nation out of Egypt, out of slavery, and to lead them into the promised land, to lead them across the, uh, uh, the Jordan and across into the Red Sea and to get them out of the wilderness of wandering, get them out of slavery into a promised land. Think about Noah. He had to save all of creation, not just people. He had to save the giraffes and the rhinoceros and the hippos and, and, and you know, beautiful puppy dogs and kittens. If you got a cat, thank Noah for it. Your cat would have drowned way back then if it wasn't for Noah. Noah had a, a great responsibility because Noah was chosen to do that. I think about Joshua. The name Joshua means savior. And he was chosen to do what Moses didn't do and to save Israel from wandering another 40 years and to take them across. Joshua had a huge responsibility because Joshua was chosen. Then I think about Abraham. Abraham is called the father of our faith. Father means author. He authored that. He, he got what God was trying to get through to everyone else. The penny finally dropped with Abraham, and he stepped out, and he did what God commanded him to do, and he trusted God with such a deep trust that it's called faith and that he is called the father of our faith, but the responsibility that was laid upon the fact that he was chosen to be the father of our faith, that, that responsibility, the gravity of that must have really hit him. Then I think of Mary. Mary was chosen to bear the Christ child. Whoa, what a responsibility though. What a headache trying to explain it to everybody. Well, I, honestly, I didn't cheat on my fiancé. Honestly, you know, I've been a good girl. Honestly, this is what happened. Yeah, sure, right. Yeah, we, we believe you not. And, uh, but the responsibility of being chosen to bear the Christ child must have been just absolutely uh, uh, incredible. But one thing stands out amongst all the people that are chosen. The blessing that came from being chosen wasn't to be used on themselves. The blessing was for other people. I was watching a, a game show. I watch the same game show pretty well every night about five o'clock when I, when I can. 
and um, it's called The Chase. Anybody watch The Chase? Okay, got a few hands going up there. And uh, usually the host, he will ask the contestants, so what are you going to do if you win the money? And uh, usually the answer is something like this, I'm going to take my family to Disneyland. Or we're going to go on a trip to New York. Well, you're not right now going to go to New York, but you know, if you win that money, uh, then I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Pretty well, uh, almost always, the answer is, I'm going to spend this money on me. And I can't wait to get this money because I am going to have a good time. Rarely, I'm not saying never, but rarely would they answer, well, I'm just, I just want to take this money and I just want to bless some people with it. It's all about other people. After all, it's got nothing to do with me. It doesn't usually happen. And all things new in this series, all things new is not just about you. I want to make that really clear. <laughs> Because the graph, like, honestly, the tendency for all things new is to make it just about you. Uh, we're chosen, and we're blessed, and we're fruitful, and we get all of these things mainly to be a blessing. The dream, the gifts, the calling of God, it's not just about you. I want you to go with me to Genesis 22, uh, verses 17 and 18. And this is, the, this is what God tells Abraham, again, Abraham was chosen, but the responsibility of being chosen here, listen to this. Uh, I will surely bless you. Woo, I like that. Man, Pastor Ed, put the blessings of God up there. Give me some more things to pin on my mirror. I want to look in the mirror and I want to say, I am blessed. Today is going to be my day to win. Woo, glory to God. I will bless you. And make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Pretty good news to somebody that doesn't have any kids. Somebody that's been barren. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. Now, here we're getting down to it right now. It all kind of sounds like it's all about Abraham. It's all about me. This is like, I can take this one, I can put it on the mirror, I can confess that, I can look at that thing and become blessed and, and going to have all these kids. Verse 18, and through your offspring, here we go, all the nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Israel was God's chosen people. But what were they chosen to do? They were chosen to bless all the other nations. Every place that they moved into, because let's face it, they, didn't, they, they were not originated on that land. They were moving across. They were an invading army. But what were they called to invade? Just to plunder and take it all, hoard it up, and, and become filthy rich and selfish? No, they were... They were ordained by God, they were chosen by God to invade with blessing, to go into all these nations where they're sacrificing humans, where they've got slavery and poverty and, and, and no joy. They're worshiping all these idols. And God said, I want you to take this message to them. There's only one God, and God is good, and God loves them. And here's the blessing that's going to flow. It's going to flow through you to them, not to you. You're going to get blessed so that you can be a blessing. You are chosen, but here is your responsibility. So what did they do with it? Instead of blessing the nations, 
They decided to bless themselves. Everything became about them. God chose another people then because they reneged on the promise. In fact, the Bible's real clear. It says, Israel played the harlot. She was unfaithful. God chose her, but she cheated on God. She did not adhere to what God told her to do. Everything became about me. Me, 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 me. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I'll, I want my blessing now. Everything became self-aggrandizement and selfishness started to enter in. And so their hearts became hard. They no longer were going to do what God wanted to do with God richly blessed them. Instead of giving that out and blessing the nations, they became hoarders up. And so God took and he grafted in another branch called the Gentiles, the, the non uh Followers of, of Abraham, those that weren't related to Abraham, hello, that's you and I. Well, almost, we got some people that are related to Abraham here. But, you know, most of us are, are, are not part of that lineage flowing down from Abraham. Most of us had to get grafted in. So God grafted in another branch called the Gentiles. He adopted some children, if you were. Thank God for you and I. So now, guess what? You and I are chosen. Chosen to do what? Chosen to do exactly what he called them to do, what he chose them to do, but they didn't do it. We are chosen to be a blessing to, to all the nations of the earth. Wealth is this. When God blesses you with wealth, and I'm going to focus a little bit on that, when God, God blesses you with wealth, that wealth becomes a weapon. That wealth is an incredible weapon to aim it at poverty, to aim it at disease, curing diseases, to aim it at people that are in desperate need, to aim it and put it in the right hands to end all the things like uh, child slavery and sex trade and, and, and all the, the hideous things that we see in the world today. When God blesses you, he expects you to let that, let that blessing, because you're chosen, let that blessing throw, flow through you to bless the nations, whatever they need. God has chosen you for that, but wealth is like a powerful, powerful weapon. But like any powerful weapon, if you take that weapon and aim it at yourself, guess what it's going to do to you? You are going to be destroyed by that. You don't take a powerful weapon, turn it on yourself, and think that you're going to be blessed, because you won't be. That's why the Bible says this. It says, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Oh, we all know that. Come on. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Have you ever been out to eat with somebody that could really afford to go out to eat? I mean, not somebody that said, oh, you know, we've been saving up, uh, you know, for months so we could go out and celebrate your birthday or whatever it was. But I mean somebody that serious, had some serious money. Uh, I mean, have you ever been out to eat with somebody that was seriously blessed? And they didn't, they didn't care. They, you know, it's like, yeah, come out, we're going to go out to eat. Oh, uh, yeah, oh, can, I can, I, can I bring my wife? Of course, bring your wife. In fact, bring your whole family. I don't care. The more, the merrier. Well, we'll make sure. I, like, I know it's my birthday. I, well, we'll go somewhere where, you know, it's not too expensive. And, you know, we'll, we'll find out. Like, I know this place. It's really cheap. The food is kind of all right. No, 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 no. Forget about that. I'm going to pick the place. Do you like steak? Well, yeah, I, I like steak. Do you like lobster? Yeah. I, I, do you like prawn? Do you like seafood? Well, I know the best steakhouse 
the best place for a feed of, uh, of seafood uh, on the coast, and, and here it is. Oh, no, we could never afford that. Don't worry about it. Bring the whole family. I've got lots. Now, question mark. It's probably not most of us here. <laughs> but which position would you rather be in? The person that could afford to do all of that or the person that could never afford to do that? I mean, being honest about it, wouldn't it be nicer to be the person that could do that than the person that can't do that? Isn't it more blessed to give and to be able to give than it is to have to receive all the time, to be on the receiving end of it? And the fact is that God wants to bless you, and if God does bless you, even with material wealth, it is more blessed. You are more blessed now to give that than what you are to even having received that. Do you get where I'm coming from? It's not to put anybody under condemnation. Look, I can't afford to go out, you know, with the most expensive restaurants in town, invite everybody out to that. I might be able to do it once or twice, but, you know, it's not going to happen all the time. But God has blessed you. God has blessed me with something, even if it's a smile. Come on. You know, can you even smile at somebody? I, you know, you might not have the best pearly whites, but you can surely brush your teeth and, and, and get some of that white gel or something down from the chemist and get it on there and just give somebody that needs a smile a smile. Can you give somebody a hug that needs a hug when COVID is finished? You can do that. Uh, you know, can you bring some joy into somebody's life? Because the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, it says it's love and joy and peace and gentleness and, and kindness and patience and, you know, long-suffering. All, all of these things uh, are meant to be on the, on the tree of the blessed, but the, but the fruit of that blessing is meant for other people to grab a hold of it and to eat of that and to be truly blessed. I'd rather be on that end. God will get it to you if God can get it through you. God blesses people just like you. But when is the last time that your blessing came from, others, from some other source, either directly or indirectly, than a person? You think about that for a moment. Oh, Pastor Ed, it was so amazing. We were down to our last tin of beans in the pantry, and there was a knock on the door. And there it was, a grocery bag full of the best food. And an angel flew out of heaven and delivered it. And God manufactured that, those beans and all of that in heaven. No, I don't think so. I think your little angel was a person. And you might have seen them speeding off in their car. I don't know. There might not have been a note with their name on it. Oh, Pastor Ed, it's so exciting. We were down to, we couldn't even afford to pay the electric bill. Our rent was due and all of that. And, and uh, you know, I went out to the mailbox and I opened the mailbox and there was an envelope. Oh, I opened it up thinking it's another bill. I don't even want to look at it. I opened it up. And there it was, more than enough to pay my bill. Oh, Pastor Ed, I'm sure that an angel dropped that in. I'm sure the Holy Spirit took a dove and flew into the mailbox with a check that God wrote. No, friend, you and I know better than that, don't we? Your blessing comes through people, material blessing anyway. I'm not talking about the 
you know, the Holy Spirit will bless your life. And, but even that, you know, prophecy, laying out of hands, all the gifts of the Spirit, encouragement, encouraging word. God uses people. And the, the good thing is God chooses people. And God chooses people just like you and me. That's the good news. God blesses me so that I can be a blessing. God's blessed you so you can be a blessing to somebody else. It's more blessed to give to somebody than it is for me to take the blessing and just spend it on myself. Why? And then what happens? God gets glorified. The Father gets glorified when you are blessed. He blesses you. And then he is glorified when you pass that on and you just let everybody know God really, really loves you. So when you bring other people to the table, you are God's chosen vessel, but God wants you to invite people to the table to eat of the blessing in your life. What is God's attitude then towards blessing and fruitfulness? Well, I'm going to give you three big words here. One of them is expectation. Big word, expectation. Matthew 21 and verse 18 to 20, and then we're going to also read uh, a couple other verses in that same thing. Most people in this passage of Scripture, because we're going to talk about mountain-moving faith, most people have this take on this, and I'm going to... I'm going to obliterate it. I know it sounds bad, but we're going to blow the mountain up right now. Uh, but most people's take on it is, whatever that mountain is, that obstacle, that's standing between you and your blessing, that mountain's got to be removed. So I want you to shout at that mountain right now, that mountain right now of fear, that mountain of, you can fill in all the, all the mountains of obstacles between you and your blessing but friend, that's not what this is talking about. We're going to look at this for a moment, but what it is talking about is just as exciting, but it's not quite that. So early in the morning, verse 18, early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Now, again, that big word here is expectation, expect. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up. He went up to it. He found nothing on it except leaves. And then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately the tree withered. And when the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly, they asked. He was expecting because he was hungry. There are people out there that are expecting something. We talked about that man that was laid uh, daily at the gate called Beautiful, expecting to receive something from them. He was expecting, there are people that are expecting that need something that God chose you to provide for them. And, and Jesus here just wants something simple. He just wants to eat some figs. But it wasn't the season for it. Now you would have thought he would have gone chill. It's okay, tree, I'm going to leave you alone. You are a good tree. You just keep on with the leaves and everything else. And, and uh, eventually, if I come back around, when it's the season, I'll, I'll get some fig trees off of you. But the lesson here is that God doesn't have seasons where he expects you to give. Oh, right now, I just can't afford to give because, you know, it's just a season of COVID and there's a pandemic on and my budget, you know, blah, 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 blah. No, it's always the season. There's always an expectation because there's always a need. Do you understand that? If you just wait for the season all the time, then the season never seems to roll around. It's never the season, oh, we're doing it tough. Oh, I can't afford it. Oh, whatever, whatever, whatever. 
It's always the season. And so he has this expectation. The fig tree wasn't, wasn't going to bear fruit because it wasn't a season. But the season for fruit is whenever there is a need. Now, what happened here, Adam and Eve did in the garden. I want to uh, just briefly take you uh, back to the garden because religion and, and fruitlessness is what happened right back at the beginning with humanity in Genesis 3-7. It says this, the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. God was there the whole time, but they were naked. They were conscious, in other words, of themselves. And so what did they do? They sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. God, God didn't choose you to cover up and have excuses on why you're not going to take the blessing that God has given you. And every one of us is incredibly blessed. If we just take an inventory of our life, there's nobody here that's not blessed with something that they couldn't be given out and given as a blessing to somebody else. And, and, and because God chose them to be fruitful and multiply in the garden, and they did not do that, they became aware of their own nakedness, and they tried to cover that up. God then had to go and, and, and find a man named Abraham to go ahead and get this thing enacted again. And then, of course, you know, he blessed them, but then the whole thing didn't happen again. God is a fruit expector. He's not running around inspecting your fruit revealing your nakedness to the world, but he is an expector. He expects you to take the fruit that he's given you, the blessing that he's given you, and to let that flow through you. And of course, more comes back because that's just a law. God expects you to bless others with what he blesses you with. There is expectation. Everybody say expectation. Come on. You are called to make something new for someone else. God is looking for fruit. The second big word here is separation. So what's going to happen now if God comes and he expects something, but he doesn't find it? Well, let's have a look. Matthew 21 and verses 21 and 22. Listen to this. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, oh, this is good. Not only can you do what was done to the fig tree. Now let's pause for a moment. What was done to the fig tree? Because this is what he's saying that you could do if you had faith. Well, the fig tree was removed. It, it took up space that, uh, that wasn't going to bear fruit. It took up the space that was meant for a fruit tree, something to bear fruit. It, it, it was just taking up space. Oh, no harm in that. I've got all this stuff in my life, Pastor Ed. And, you know, it's, it's not hurting anybody else. Well, listen to this. If you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer. Now the, the fig tree was cursed. Cursed means this. It means it's not bearing any fruit. It's just got leaves. It's just a big cover up. And the mountain, what that mountain represents, and that mountain was Mount Zion, the temple was there. And, and, and straight after this, 
He is so upset. He goes down into that temple and he sees a lot of fig trees, just like in the garden. They are covering up their nakedness. They've got this huge religious thing going on. This is not a tree anymore. This is a mountain of fruitlessness. This is a mountain of religion. Anything that's just activity, activity, but no fruit is religion. There's this, they're singing the songs. Oh, yeah. They got turtle doves and they got everything being sacrificed on altars and lambs and all of that. They got Barbie. You would have smelled beautiful going in there. They got dancing. They got singing. They got everything to bless themselves that you could ever bless yourself with. They built a Herod, you know, the Roman uh, governor. He built this beautiful temple for them. It was a, a, a wonder of the ancient world. They got this whole thing going. They got the biggest bless me club on the planet going on there. Everybody's happy because they're all related. They're all the same we're all Jews here. We all speak the same language. We get on well, kind of. And, and they got this whole deal going. And Jesus comes down and sees this. Same thing that he saw in that fig tree. Big cover up. Fig leaves going on. It's a tree. Yes. It's, it's a fig tree. Yes. But I'm hungry. I expect something and it's not there. What am I going to do? Takes a whip out, turns the tables over. You know what exactly Jesus got really ticked off. And then he says this to them back there. He says, you can do what was done to this fig tree and even this mountain. Even if religion is mounted up and fruitlessness is mounted up and become a big bless me club. You can even do to this mountain, you can say that whole thing, be removed and be cast into the sea. Same thing that I did with this fig tree. You can do that even if in your life, this fruitlessness and this self-aggrandizement has mounted up and become a huge obstacle in your life so that the blessing isn't flowing through you. If you have faith, you can even get rid of that. If you have faith, you'll not only move this fruitless tree, but fruitless mountains of religion in your life. Now go with me to Luke 13. This, this morning's message is going to flow right into next Sunday, so I don't want you to miss it. Luke 13, listen to this. Jesus again talking in verse 6. And, he's, and he told them a parable. Now, again, uh, I could take you through a whole journey on this. We just don't have time. But in the Bible, the fig tree uh, is representative of what? Israel. Do you understand that? That's what the fig tree represents in Scripture, Israel. And then he told them this parable. A man had a, guess what? A fig tree growing in his vineyard. And he went to look for fruit. Everybody say expectation. expectation. He went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. And so he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, and this is about how long Jesus had been on the planet when he encountered that fig tree, for three, three years now, I have been coming to look for fruit, expectation, on this fig tree, and I haven't found any. Here we go. Now we got the, the second big work, which is uh, word rather, which is separation. Everybody say separation. separation. Cut it down. Why does it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone. In other words, it's not hurting anybody. It's nice to have that in my life. Cut it down. Why does it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, 
Leave it alone for one more year. Just, just one more year. One more, one more year, Jesus, of, of doing all this stupid stuff. One more year of not passing on the blessing and being blessed. One more year. One more year of arguments against giving, offering, tithing, all, you know, everything. Just one more year, God, I'll have a doctorate in, in being stingy by then. One more year. Leave it alone one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. Verse 9. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, (laughs) cut it down. I could say this, cut it out. Stop it. (laughs) Quit doing it. Do not participate in it. If it's not blessing other people, if it's not flowing through you, if you're hoarding that thing up, it's going to become, have you ever watched like, uh, you know, the news sometimes and they'll go, oh, um, this, this person's got this next door neighbor and they are extreme hoarders. And you know, the whole backyard is just piled up and the poor neighbor's like, this is, this smells, you know, we're, they're fertilizing that thing, you know, or, or somebody that's just mad with cats and dogs and animals and they're only supposed to have maybe one pet. It's a, it's a neighborhood for goodness sakes, not a zoo, it's not a farm. And they, and they got, you know, piled up junk everywhere. Rats have come in, everything, you know, they're hoarding that thing up and it's got to be removed. And the removalist eventually will have to come in. And what a job. My wife loves those home renovation shows. They're of the devil, you know. I look at that and I think, my goodness, you know, I'm going upstairs to watch something else. I'll watch World War II documentaries. It's way, way better. Um, the fact is... God says, cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? See, giving and receiving has to turn, uh, uh, buying and selling, rather, which is what they were doing, has to turn into giving and receiving. Works has to turn into grace, if you want to put it in one word. The, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, ooh, we're so smart without God, has to turn into the tree of life in the garden. The fig leaves have to disappear, and God has to find fruit on the vine. God's chosen us, even though we broke the covenant. And the final word that I want to give you that uh, deals with the solution, expectation, separation, third word, we're going to close with this word, is redemption. Redemption. Everybody say redemption. Come on. God's son, his fruit, that was the fruit of God, had to hang on a dead, cursed tree. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. He had to hang on that tree so that your life could become a tree of life-giving fruit. That's redemption. It's the great exchange. So that Galatians 3.13, I quoted it, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Expectation, separation, redemption. I'm just going to read this one really quickly. John 15, 1 to 8. I am the true vine, Jesus said, and my father is the gardener, and he cuts off every branch. There's your separation in me that bears no fruit, and every branch 
that does bear fruit. He prunes it so that it will even be more fruitful. Verse 3, here's redemption. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. That's why we preach the word of God. Verse 4, remain in me and I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you bear much fruit apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 6, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and it withers and its branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Oh, what a promise that one is. And verse 8, this is my father to the... Uh, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Expectation, separation, and redemption. God wants to see so much fruit on the vine, so much fruit on the branches that are connected to him. You cannot not bear fruit if you're connected to him. He wants to see so much fruit of the Spirit, love and joy, so much in your life that people walk into a room and they cannot help but to pick the fruit off that vine. They get some love off that vine. They get some joy just from your presence. You're not sour because you're covering up your nakedness and all of that. You are washed clean. You are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Glory to God. You are chosen. God has chosen you amongst all people to be blessed, to be a blessing. Let's just aim our blessing out there at this world and see what God does. The love, the joy, the peace, the gentleness, the kindness, the long-suffering, all of these things are fruit to bless the nations with. They are not just for you in your life. They are for this dying world that desperately needs that. And somebody, come on, somebody shout amen and amen. Well, I want to pray for you and uh, all of those that are listening as well because God is good and God has chosen you. I'm going to pray that whatever it is that's in your life, even if it's as small as that fig tree, but it could be as big as that mountain, that's taking up space. You might have been blessed with all that junk, but if it's turned into a mountain of junk, it's cluttering your life right now, and you need to put it out there so other people can eat of it. Get it back into the vine, get back into Jesus. Let me just pray for you right now. Dear God, I thank you for every person listening. I thank you for all these brave people that have showed up to church this morning. I thank you that we get to do this. I thank you that we are washed by your word. We're challenged that you do expect and you do separate, but you also redeem. And I thank you right now, Lord, that the blessings that happen when we come in line with you are so incredible that if we even ask anything, if we're in you and you're in us, that those blessings just have to flow. And I thank you so much. If you're not in Jesus right now, this is simple. You can just say this prayer after me and meet it in your heart. Just repent of that mountain or that fig tree. Let the leaves fall off and let the figs come out. Don't cover up. I thank you right now in Jesus' name. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear God, I thank you for sending your son so that I can be found in him. Jesus, 
I let you into my heart. I let you be the Lord of my life. I thank you that I'm chosen, that I'm blessed to be a blessing. And I thank you for that now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you. If you live on the Sunshine Coast, come back at 5. We're going to uh, continue on with our Equip series, and it's going to be uh, awesome. We have an hour service on Sunday, Sunday evening, so you're all invited to that. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Share this message with as many people as you think this could help. And uh, you just go out, have a great day. Get rid of the stuff that's not bearing fruit. Be more fruitful. Pass that fruit on. Let God's blessing flow through you. We love you, and we hope to see you back here uh, tonight or next Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.